Thank you for tuning in to TGFJ. Thank God I followed Jesus with your host Leah, Mike, and Joanne, the pastor of Soaring Diamonds. We want to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to deepen your walk with Christ and anchor your faith in the rock, the hope of our salvation. Happy Sunday, family. Tonight, we're going to talk about the topic, obedience. Another hot topic, and I know y'all are already nervous, shaking in your boots, so we're just going to hop straight into it. And make sure while you guys are watching, you comment, like, subscribe, and let's get into it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hallelujah. What a day. What a day. What a day. What a day. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But thankfully, he is faithful. And when we are weak in him, we are strong. That's pretty encouraging. Because we need him to be super strong right now. Hallelujah. Anywho, um, like she said, we're going to be talking about obedience. And I always start out with some, I was going to say Bible dictionary. (laughs) We start out with some dictionary definitions. Um, I like words. So I like to start out like that. So again, the word is obedience. And I looked in the um, Oxford Dictionary. It says to comply with the command, direction, request of a person or a law. Or perform the bidding of to do what one is commanded by a person to submit to the rule or authority of or B, um, in obedience. Um, the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary said to follow the commands or guidance of, it also says to conform or to comply with. And you cannot bring up definitions without coming from the Greek. And something that stands out to me is that the word obey is kind of reminds me of the word love. You know, in English, when we say love, it's just Love everything. You love the dog, the food, the spouse, the kids. Love is just love. And and I'm realizing that with the word obey, it's the same thing. You know, obey to us is just obey or submit sometimes. But when you look in the Greek, there's a lot of different words for obey. So like we spoke about earlier, The obey that I was thinking is not the one we're going to start out with, but we're going to move into next week. But it threw me off. Like every time you get into the word of God, one, just one simple word might take you in so many different directions. I'm like, Lord, have mercy. But here we go with the obey that we're going to be using today is the Greek word, hipakau. To hear under as a subordinate. For example, to listen attentively by implication, to heed or conform to a command or authority, to hearken, be obedient to, and obey. And I am not repeating the word in Greek. (laughs) Now, but I did it pretty good if I have to say so myself. It's just not Spanish. It was a little bit weird. Um, so right off the rip, what co- anything comes to you comes to mind? Yeah, right. Up, well, what, what I would like to be clear is um, when you listen to one preacher, they'll talk about works in God that He has called us to works of righteousness, and He has ordered our steps. And then you hear another person or another preacher um, confront him or kind of like judge what he's saying 
and says, well, they're preaching a works-based salvation. And just to be clear, we're not preaching a works-based salvation. We're not saying this is has to do with your salvation. We know that we're called by grace through faith, through the work of Jesus Christ. It's nothing that we have done can accomplish also our salvation. Amen. But now that we are saved and in viewing of God's mercy, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. We allow him to conform us and he reveals his perfect plan for our lives. And then we have something to do. So, and that has to do with the obedience that we're talking about here today. He's called us to do stuff, not be not for our salvation, but because we have been saved. He's going to begin to unction us and move us and pour his love into our hearts to do his work, to do, to do whatever he has called us to do, what he has predestined, what he has established in eternity. Like the word says, he, he knows us. He knew us already. That's right. He knew the, the life that we'll live. He, knew, he knows the life that he has called us to. And that's what we want to talk about, being able to walk in the life that he has called us to, not just not saying, if you don't do this, 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 you're not saying not, that's not what we're talking about. We're not even technically talking about salvation. We're talking about those who are saved, now let's walk according to the life that he has called us to because we have received salvation. It just doesn't happen, but we have to put our foot forward and we have to move because faith without works is dead. Not not saying if you have salvation, now to have salvation, you have to work. No, it's saying be faith without works is that because I have faith in Christ, it is now going to show in the life that I live. And I'm going to have a desire to walk this walk. I say this all the time. Um, before we continue, Leah, can you just um, make sure that you share this with Re and them? Because a lot of times they don't know that we went on. On, in the group or whatever. But um, a lot of times um, people kind of like mix these words and there's a misunderstanding, you of know. what God is saying. Exactly. So it's really important that, you know, we're open to hear what the word of God teaches us, what the word is trying to say to us. And, and you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about lately a lot is that we have to stop um, with this concept that because the Lord revealed this thing to me, this is it. And then when someone says something that is different than what the Lord revealed to an individual, now right away we want to shut that person out. Yeah. Because the mysteries of the word of God are for us, for them to be open to us or revealed to us as children. So the Lord is always showing us something new. And it's like we say a lot of times, I could read the same scripture for a whole month and the Lord continues to minister to me through that one scripture. So we have to be open and we have to come up out of that box because a lot of times, you know, we've either been coming up in religion and therefore, whatever somebody told us, we won't allow the Holy Spirit to grow us past that. Or we've been in religion. We've come out of that form of religion, but we've created a new box. Yeah. I'm never going to go back to that. So now I'm this. And now we're creating a new box. And it's like we talk about here all the time, like drop everything you think you know. And allow Holy Spirit to just reveal things to you, to just refresh you, 
to give you some new downloads. And it's not that there's anything new under the sun, but we don't know everything. It's like, you know, the word says, prophecy is in part. Nobody knows everything. So it's important that we're open um, when we're, you know, looking at the word, that we're open to see what it is that the Lord is saying to me right now. Um, there was something I was going to say about my dad growing up, and I lost my thread when I said that to Talia. But um, I remember that growing up, you know, we always made it a point to give a good example to the parents that we grew up with. And it's the same thing like you were saying. Like, now that we're saved, we want to live lives that are worthy of the core. Yes. We want to live lives that represent our king and that we bring him honor and that we bring him glory. So I'm saying that because it's important that we understand that while we're growing, it's not about the works. The things that we do are not the things that made us saved, but because we are saved. Because we have received this right? work on the cross. Because the light has shone upon us. Because the Spirit of God lives inside of us. Because we have been made new creations. Because the old has passed away. And we're grateful and we're thankful and we're not who we used to be. We have to put our part because this is not magic. Like you said, we have to put our foot forward and, and let's walk. But in order for us to walk in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, we have to go to his word. It's like I said this morning, um, you know, when, when we were witnessing or ministering that we cannot serve the Lord however I want. This is not my way. It's his way. Jesus is the way. Joanne ain't the word. Mike ain't the word. Anybody watching, we're not the way or the word. Jesus is. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. So when we look at the word, let's remember that it's not our way. It's his way. Um, you want to piggyback off of there? Yeah. Um, I, you you just talking about how you grew up. Um, I want to kind of like reverse that, like, to how I grew up, which you grew up in the street, I grew up in the church. So, but a lot of times what you see is people people don't want to come to Christ because they don't want to follow a particular set of rules, right? So one, one point I want to make is we're called as a human being, we're, we're, we're created to obey. We're going to either obey our flesh and the works of the enemy or we're going to obey the spirit of God. Period. One or the other. We're going. We go, We are going to obey. I think we have uh, this false concept of freedom is the breaking away of obedience to something, and that's just not what freedom is. There, there's no such thing as breaking away from obedience and not obeying something else. You're going to obey. You're going to yield to something. So, in this particular, in the Word of God, we we claim as believers that freedom is found in Christ. So I'm going to adhere to what he is saying. Now, growing up in the church, a lot of times what you see is people adhering to a set of values and traditions that technically don't have to do with the word of God, which people turn away from. So one, I want to, I want to help us understand that 
our traditions with within the congregation, within our church structures, if it's not in the word of God, we don't have to really hold people to that. Like, for instance, which I probably go to all the time is don't wear a hat inside church, right? A lot of people will not come to the church for that for that particular reason. Like, I'm done with that. Like, I don't need those type of rules on my life. You had that experience? Yes. So, <laughs> but and it's one a lot of younger people can relate to because we wore hats all the time. Like, I wore a hat. I wear a hat. All the time, like whether my hair's nice, not nice, like I just wear a hat, like that's just what I do. So to reject to reject me because of my hat, it, it didn't it didn't make sense to me. But adhering to Christianity, to the life that God has called us to, had nothing had nothing to do with the hat. Nothing. But sometimes we hold our traditions higher than the Word of God, which that can be a problem. And then we confuse the congregate saying, "Listen." We got to live this life the way God has called us to. And then we implement our own little rules into there. And I'm not saying you're wrong. You're what I'm saying is the moment we begin to void out God's word. Like you prefer me to take off my hat than me come here. The word of God. Now you're voiding out what God can be doing. Wow. So this is to say a lot of times we see the set of values that the church has put on Christians or the congregation or the congregations which have nothing to do with the word. And it, it dissuades people from coming to the body of Christ. So we have to, as a believer, we have to get in our word. We have to know what the word of God is saying. He's calling us to a life of righteousness, right standing before him. That has nothing to do in this example with my hat or with, um, with what I'm wearing, or with what I'm driving. That has nothing to do with it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And I'm just I'm just thinking, like, how can we connect that whole thought with obedience? Because because a lot of times we, people, they don't understand that you're going to obey something. And I'm going to reject the church for something that God never told me to obey because of the, the traditions within that particular church or congregation or that congregation. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so it turns a lot of people away because there's some people who jump from church to church and try to find the right fit. We're not, that's not the subject today. And then there's some people who are just like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to go here and see how it goes. And then if it don't work, I'm out. And then they, they don't turn back. A lot, that happens to a lot of people. You see a lot of, so many. You see a lot of pe- younger people. With like the generations coming up, the most godless generations, super smart, but they're godless. They have they have no understanding on who God is. They don't even have a desire to serve God. And a lot of times it's because we're teaching people to obey things that God has not said. And so as believers already within the body of Christ, we want to be careful to not allow people or to push what we want onto people to obey that has nothing to do with the word of God. And then they turn away from what God has said based on what somebody said, not based on what somebody, not based on what God is saying. Therefore, they're, they're, they're be, they become obedient to, to sin because they're like, I can't adhere to that rule. So it's to say there's no free, freedom is what you ever, whatever you adhere to. You can adhere to sl- to slavery of sin or be slaves of righteousness. 
But anyway, you put sense. it. Yes, absolutely. We're go- it's like 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 saying we're gonna serve one mass to another, or like when when you vote or don't vote, like when you don't vote for your party, is like if you don't you gave a vote to the other person, kind of. Right, right. And it's the same thing. If you don't choose God, you're making another choice. Right. You, without making a choice, you pick the side. Thank you. You like. Yeah, you you brought that all together. Yeah, so you you're, picked you're the side. A side, and I don't want you to pick a side based on what people tell you to obey, rather than what God is telling you to obey. And that's really important, and it, it, it um, brings me back to Jesus is the way. And if it's not in agreement with the Word of God, and it's funny that you're saying that because I had a conversation with someone just recently, maybe a week or two ago, and they were explaining to me how what they wore had to do with serving God or not serving God. Mm-hmm. And they were a little bit, a little bit... Agitated. Yeah, they were like, this don't make no sense. And, you know, they were explaining to me that the individual said to them, well, when you go to court, you have to wear a specific outfit. When you go to school, you have to wear a specific outfit. When you go to work, you have to wear a specific <laughs> outfit. And, and then this is what came to me. Because, you know, I, I have some knowledge of that. And you want to fit in. You want to be a part. So many times we give into these things. And this becomes part of our service to God, my outfit. So I'm going to go to church late because my outfit wasn't right. I'm going to go to church late because or not go because I didn't have an outfit for that day or whatever the case may be. But one of the things that came to me and I said to the individual was, When I go to the house of God, I'm going to worship my father. I'm going to sit at the feet of my father. I'm going to enjoy my father. I'm going to get loved. And I'm going to love on my brothers and my sisters. I'm going to go and encourage them, pray for them. You know, whatever need they may have have need of. I'm going to go serve my brothers and my sisters in the Lord. And I said, it's, to me, it's like if I go to my mom's house, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do the minute I get there. If I came from the airport, I'm taking off my shoes because my feet is hot. That's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to put on something comfortable. Mom, spot me some really comfy shorts, a really thin T-shirt because it's hot outside. And I'm just going to chill. I'm putting my feet up and I'm going to chill. When did church or going to a place of worship become a fashion show? When we became people of the flesh, not of the spirit. And now people don't want to go to church because they can't keep up with the Joneses. I mean, we're supposed to have on a certain attire when we get to the church. We're supposed to have on a certain attire as the church. Yes, we're supposed to be clothed and in righteousness. righteousness. Right, righteousness. That's about it. Because yeah. we're spirit. And so exactly. We, we, we're teaching people that we're not spirit. We're teaching people that we're flesh doing the duties of the flesh to please God, which that's not how it works. That's not how it, we're not, we're not here to gratify the flesh in no, no way, shape or form. We're here to. But we're, we're confusing each one. And then we're saying it's an obedience to God, but it's not because he didn't ever command that. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. And and the thing is that that becomes a stumbling block. That becomes that makes a person heavy. It becomes a trap. It be wow. It becomes a trap. It becomes an offense. Why? Because there's so many different reasons. Some people don't like to dress like that. Some people haven't got to the place where they can afford to dress like that. Some people have a preference. Some people, there's so many different reasons why. Why are we so concerned about that instead of being concerned about the person's soul? And again, because obedience to the word of God sometimes trumps or or we trump that. We trump for, the word of God. Yeah, for everything else. Yeah. No, this is important. This, that, and the third. Way I sit in that congregation. Don't touch this person's chair. Don't put on this hat. Don't wear that. Blah, 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 blah. And instead of obeying the word of God. And the word of God calls us to love, to be clothed in righteousness, to, to compel people to come. Live holy. As he is holy. To walk in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. To love. I got to say it again. And when I say to love, I don't mean like, you know, just let everybody go happy, go lucky. Because that's not what we're saying. But we cannot continue to allow God to get this bad rep. Because people think that the individuals in the congregations are God's actual mouthpieces. And that is not the reality. I was thinking about um, 1 Samuel 16, 7. It says, but the Lord said to Ta Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Regardless of what the context is of that passage, I hear you. The fact of the matter is, God is looking at the heart. Because what good is it if you look at so congregationally, I just made that word up, on the outside, but your heart is full of dead men bones, is wicked and evil, and you have no concern for the lost, for the hurting. For the person with the hat. Yes. If they are not in a place to want to take off their hat, what do you care? Or maybe their hair does look a mess that day. Yeah, I know <laughs> one day your hair was a mess. And I'm like, nah, I'm out of here. Y'all bugging. Y'all think I'm taking my hat off. Y'all, I'm out. Yeah, and at that time, you were not in a place to say, oh, it's all good. My I hair looks... not even probably saved. You weren't. Like, no. Like, don't be kicking me out. You kicking me out because of my hair. I don't even want to be here anyway. You just gave me a reason to leave. Bro. Yep, he did. You did not like, want to be you there. You, yeah, you ruined yeah, it. Yeah, and... You dropped and, the ball. And no, they proved... That you were right and I was wrong. Don't even worry about it. They love you. They accept you just the way you are. And then they make you leave because you won't take off your hat. Made me look bad. I'm doing all this work and these jokers came busting on your hat. Like, what's happening right now? Oh, I pulled them in in Jesus' name. Yes, I did. But you still left. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I remember. I remember like it was yesterday. So we have to obey the word of God. At the end of the day, we're talking about obedience and we're like having all these other little side. Now, I don't think it's really side because at the end of the day, we're obeying something 
but we're not obeying what God is saying. Mm. And then we're pushing that onto other people and we're making them twice of sinners, twice the amount of sinners on their way to hell than we are because we can't even technically, what did Jesus say to the Pharisees? You're giving them all these rules and you, you can't even uphold them. And you're adding all this stuff. And I think we do that sometimes as the body of Christ, we get outside of the word. Second Sam, first Samuel, second Samuel, first Samuel. You said he looks, he judges the heart. Yes, he looks right. at the heart, and our hearts deceitfully wicked. Mm-hmm. Until we we are made new in Christ, we are made righteous, we are cleansed, we are made whole, we are set free, we are delivered, we are healed. Right, but then we put all these outside things onto people, and it, re- it all is it doing is reflecting what our heart is actually feeling. We're not allowing the Lord to come in and make what he has promised a reality in our lives. So he, he redeems us. He breaks the power of sin and death, but then we give the power back to the enemy by submitting and obeying what he is saying, basically obeying our flesh rather than the spirit of God. And this, and why we keep going to, People in the congregation versus people coming in versus teenagers versus the hat. Because when we obey the flesh, we drive out the people of the world, the people of God, the people in the church. We drive everybody out. And you know, and I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to what we were talking about earlier. The Bible says he makes us instruments. And so we be as a believer who's obedient to God. We are, we are an instrument in the hand of the Lord. But as a person obedient to the flesh, we are an instrument mm. in the hand of Satan. Either way, you're going to be an instrument. That's right. He said, you are my chosen people. And this goes all the way back to your favorite topic of identity. We don't understand that God has called us chosen, yes. a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. And therefore, since we don't know who we're called to be, we don't know how to live. We don't know how to act. And we don't know what he's, what he has even given us. That's right. He says, you are an instrument, a weapon in my hand, a weapon of warfare in my hand. That's what he says about us. And we're over here bickering and fighting about the desires of my flesh. I'm over here getting offended of things not properly working. All the time. It's because I forget who God has called me to be. Who I am. Whoa. And so since I am not set free in that area, because there's so much of my flesh still alive, because I'm not dying to myself, then I become a weapon in the hands of the enemy. The enemy begins to wield me at, at, at his pleasure, because not because... Not because I'm not saved or sanctified or delivered, but because I get offended because I'm upset. And then when I'm upset, it makes it impossible for me to obey God. Why? Because the part of me that gets offended is what's alive. And that's my flesh. And the Bible teaches us that we don't live to please the flesh. We live to please the spirit of God. But I cannot please the spirit of God if I'm being obedient what my flesh desires. If anybody was to think about what they obey to a day-to-day basis, you're in, uh, when we were in school, we didn't want to obey the teacher, so we showed up to class late. Who did we obey? We were being rebellious. That's a work of the enemy. Absolutely. At the end of the day, at the end of the day. 
When, when we're younger, our parents tell us not to have sex out of wedlock, but that's what I want to do because that's what my flesh wants. Who am I obeying? I'm thinking it's freedom, but what, what am I actually becoming? A, A slave. slave to sin. That's right. That's all I'm doing. When we don't want to be faithful to our wives, when we don't want to be kind to our spouses and our children and, and helpful to the people around us, when God tells us to be servants and not just servants, the best servants, because we're a royal priesthood. And when we're not obedient to him, who do we come obedient to? The work of the enemy. So we sow seeds into the camp that God has given us, the, what God has entrusted to us. We become seeds of the enemy instead of his holy word. Why? Because I'm, I'm, obe I'm obeying my flesh. I'm obeying what I want. I'm trying to take the easy and the shortcut, shortcut out of whatever he's saying. Sorry, I went off. No, that was excellent. Move, move the water. He was acting, hey, Leah, he was acting like his mama, being a little bit honest, putting himself out there on blast real quick. But that, that's, that's, what, that's what ministry is about. Ministry is not about showing how obedient I am and how perfect I am and nothing goes wrong in my life. No, the reality of it is that we go through on a day-to-day -day basis. And this is what helps other believers grow and come out of the rut that they may be in. Because a lot of times you see people, you know, when you think, oh, you don't know what I go through because your life is so perfect. No, you don't know what anybody's struggle is day-to-day. -day. So it's important because others don't know that we testify about how challenging it might be for us to obey our Lord. And even though we're not um, setting out to obey the enemy, when we give in to our flesh, that opens the door for him to come in. And at the end of the day, that's the reality that we are going to obey one or the other. Whether we make a conscious decision decision or not there's there's light or darkness that's it those are the only two choices and a lot of times we don't want to look at that as that simple but we have to get to the place that we actually apply the word of god that's being obedient obedient is what does the word of god say about this and now i have to live according to that i gotta submit to that i got to um What's the word? What's the word? I got to comply. I have to conform to that request, to the word, to the Lord, no matter how you look at it. And, and it's like really, really empowering, a really, really empowering conversation because many times we think that be because we do certain works, right. we're walking in obedience. And we're not. We're just fooling ourselves. Yep. And I say all the time, obedience is doing what the Lord called you to do. Because there's some givens. Like reading the word of God, that's across the board. That isn't uh, for me or not for you, for you or not for me. Living righteous, making disciples. That's that's just a given. Speaking with our father, growing in communication with our father, knowing his purpose and his desire for your life. Those are all givens. Yeah, those, those are definitely. But what are those things that the Lord... Is commanding you that is requiring of you that expecting you to obey in that area. Are you doing that? Because a lot of times we get so excited because I did this or the third, you know, oh, 
whatever it is, I don't even want to give examples because I don't want to get too personal. But we do so many things and we we just think that we in the pocket. But is that what the Lord called us to do? Mm-hmm. Are we being are we really being obedient to what it is that he called us to do? A lot of times we've been so caught up in just doing a work that we don't even know how to obey anymore. And that's the reality. I was just, I just reached out to somebody because obedience is, check this out. Obedience is really uncomfortable sometimes. I was having a conversation with your dad and considering something that happened with another leader and it came up again and it kind of like, it was like, you know, when you stub your little toe, that thing hit me hard. And then I remembered, oh, unexpected. Yeah, like, like that's that's the thing with the stubborn of the toe. Yeah, it was like always unexpected. I was like, oh, (laughs) snap! I was like, like I thought, you know, I had dealt with that. Yo, you know, people act according to where they are. And again, just because somebody looks so, whatever the case may be, doesn't mean they have it all together. A lot of times we think, well, this believer, you know, she or he has pastor for 20, 30, 40 years. So they got this mastered. Maybe they've been faking the funk the whole time. You don't know. But if they stubbed you and you felt it, you can't just, you know, forget about it. That's their problem. No, you have to deal with it. Because sometimes people continue in their mess because we don't address it. Yeah. And and I'm trying to run from it. And today I'm like, you know what? No more running. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? Because I know I can't meet with that person at this moment. What do I do to make sure that I don't shy away from it and just, you know, let it go on the side? You reach out. Yep, I sent a text right off the rip. Your dad was like, you're going to send it now? It's like church time or whatever. Once it's been sent, you can't go back. But this is what obedience look like. looks like. If we're going to talk about that we don't want to see division in the body, but we're allowing someone to die. You are an instrument of the enemy. Yeah, I just said that. I mean, yeah, that's exactly what it is. If you know that this is bringing division, like if you say, yo, mom, I- I'm going to come over, but I need to- you to make sure that this person don't come over because, you know, I don't really like the way they're going to act, so... Don't let them come over. So me, knowing that that's wrong, I'm going to be like, yeah, let me make it my business to make sure that individual doesn't show up. I'm not even going to tell them, you know, because I'm trying to keep the peace here. No, you are an instrument of the enemy and you're operating in division. I think that's I think that's a really powerful, like becoming an instrument. When I looked at, when I was looking at the word instrument, it was just, I'm like, oh, cool, like, like I'm just thinking like music musically which is an instrument right but then he's saying an instrument which which means a weapon Mm. and then I was looking at Jeremiah 51 20 and he says you are my war club my weapon of war and with you I shatter nations and with you I destroy kingdoms okay so just imagine I, I, I was imagining that that's the same thing on the opposite spectrum. That's, that's my point. 
so like you're literally becoming an instrument in the enemy's hand. So you are helping destroy your brother, your sister. You are going against your very father just by doing something like this, and you don't even realize. I, I, I that's what makes it so power and so powerful. And be, I, I watched back on one of my one of the videos, and I realized I'm talking, and I don't ever. I, often don't finish a sentence oh. because I say it in my head and I just go off to the next <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what the heck? But, um, before we say, oh, that's not, that's in the context of ba Babylon and, but what did he say? Um, you, my, you are my special possession. Ooh. That's what, that's what God is saying to the house of Israel. And then what does he say to us in first Peter one nine, one nine, he said, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim his excellency. Him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so understanding that we are God's special possession is the same thing when he called the house of Israel. But a lot of people don't know that. And we know us. And we know that the house of Israel is not through blood anymore. But it's the blood of Christ. Yep. Now, those who have been covered by the blood, the, those who have been set free, those who grafted, grafted in. in and redeemed, that's right. They are the chosen priesthood. And if he used them, if they were used to destroy Babylon and taken out of Babylon, then when he calls us out, we become his own special possession, an instrument of war in his hand used to destroy other kingdoms. And we're called to destroy the kingdom of darkness. He says, the violent take it by force. That's right. And what did you say? Um, what was the word er earlier? That um, resist. Don't let the enemy gain no new ground. No new it makes ground. me think of a, a football cornerback. You have, to, you have to resist the blocks. Everything coming your way and hold your ground. That's right. You got to hold your ground because if anybody comes over there, Don't it doesn't them. matter how many people block you. You better be there to thwart life and his move and his plan and his strategy. And don't let nobody get past don't you. Don't let nobody or nothing take more ground or get past you. That's right. Resist. Resist. So look at that. That's another form of obedience. Resist the works of the enemy. It's our job to resist. But in order for us to resist, we have to be in obedience. How? We cannot fall into offense. And like when I think of the word, we might be in obedience today, but I keep going back to something else. Like it, it's like you can't separate one thing from another. You know what I mean? Like we're talking about this now. We're talking about obedience now. Earlier we talked about, you know, be sober and be vigilant. Yeah. We have to resist the enemy. We've spoken about offense. We've talking about we've spoken about identity. All of it somewhere, somehow, somewhere, it reconnects. And it's really important that we, and I'm going to say this always, everybody's always going to be like, she says that all the time, yes. Because we have to keep hearing it until we become what the Word of God tells us. But we have to study the Word of God. We have to study to show ourselves approved. Reading the Word of God, like in the beginning, okay, you don't know much, but then you got to get to that place where you obey and you get to know him and you got to allow him to bring you there. And the, the, the thing about obedience to the word of God, to what God is saying is that it's, it's all him. 
It's all, and it's not our power. It's not by our might. It's literally the opposite. We want to do things in the flesh, but God counts us. The strength of men has nothing. That's right. Our, our strength doesn't mean anything. Our wisdom means nothing. When, last week when we spoke about Jesus got tempted, but God can't get tempted. No, there was nothing to tempt there. He tried. The, the devil tries to appeal to the flesh. Jesus' flesh was perfectly submitted to God. So the more we allow God to conform and transform us into the image of his son, the less flesh there will be there for the enemy to tempt. Will you go through tests? Of course, because it's going to create a, a good character, a faith that's more pure than gold. That's what it's going to create. So we're going to go through the test, but we're not going to be tempted in the way that I'm going to fall to sin now. Because the less flesh that I have, the less I obey the flesh, the less there is for the enemy to actually tempt. He tempted Jesus with bread, and Jesus didn't care for bread. Why? Because he was on a fast. He didn't care for the bread. He didn't care for the glory. He didn't care for the kingdoms. You get a bunch of stuff that, that people's flesh will desire. I want power. I want money. I'm greedy. The more we put our flesh to death, the less temptation there is, the easier. And why am I keeping it easier? Like, the more responsive we will become to the Spirit of God. We will respond to the Spirit of God with full assurance and confidence. Why? Because I'm not yielding to the things that I desire. And we know what the desire, the things of our flesh count for. It counts for all those things. And those evil things, people who live according to those things do not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Either in this life or in the life to come, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. But how we want to become an instrument in the hand, but we want to still be yielding to the desires of our flesh, and it don't work like that. No, it's one or the other. To live according to the spirit, you have to open up the word of God practically. This is what we're doing. We're opening up the word. We're, we're asking him to reveal your word to us. And then he's going to pour his love into your heart through his Holy Spirit and give you, empower you to obey him. But what are you doing first? You're opening up and you're allowing him to do what he has to do. And then when he gives you the word, you're not pushing it aside. You're submitting to what the Lord has to say. And I'm looking, I'm thinking of a natural example. When anybody that likes to eat sugar can understand this. We were just talking about dark chocolate earlier. Yes. So when when you want to start eating healthy, you have to start getting rid of those things that are so addictive that the more you have them, the more you want them. And it's the same thing in the spirit realm. So right now, I've been eating a lot of junk. So after every meal, I need something sweet. The only way for me to get rid of that desire is start removing the sweets. Because I realize, like, if you're eating a lot of junk food, you're always hungry, you're never satisfied. But if you're not eating junk food and you're eating less portions, then once you eat that, you have some water, you're satisfied. You're full. But if you're always eating sweets or salts, you are never satisfied. It's the same thing with the things of the spirit. The more of the spirit that you seek after, the more you want. 
the more of the things of the flesh that you seek after, the more you want. So you know where a person is by the things they want more of. Yeah. A lot of times we try to convince people where we are, but like we said earlier, actions speak louder than words. You might not say one word, but your actions are speaking loud. So we have to get to that place where we start removing this and adding this. What do you want more and more of that? What you want less of, get rid of that. It's really not that complicated. It really, really isn't. Yeah. But is that... It's an easy concept. Yeah, but it's the same thing like, like when you're about to fast. Yeah. We're coffee drinkers. When I'm about to fast, just like you guys... Yeah, well, you better start getting rid of that coffee. Start getting rid of those crackers and those croissants so that when you begin the fast, you're not having a headache because you're going through withdrawal. Again, it's not demonic. You just had no. too much coffee. Yeah, it's that your 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 flesh is hurting now. Right. Okay, so if you're going to fast, you have to prepare so that your time with the Lord could be more effective. Yeah. You don't want to be on a 21-day fast and it takes you one week to withdraw. I'm yeah, you can. Yeah, oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to read the word. I'm trying to pray, but my head. Oh, I can't take it. My like, no. Like you have to. You know, you have to do your part. It is the same thing with the things of the spirit. And I know that was a long explanation, but you know, a lot of times we've convinced ourselves that. Oh, no, it's easy for you to say, but it's hard for me because A, B, or C. It's our responsibility to put ourselves in a situation where it's effective. And B, even when your surroundings are not conducive to your walk, there's power and there's authority in Jesus. And you walk in that way and you begin to spend time in prayer and in the word, I'm going to guarantee you your surroundings will change. Sometimes you might have to say a little something, something. Mm -hmm. Like me, sometimes I'll be like offering people to wash, wash their mouth. I got some, this, I don't have no soap, but I got some disinfectant over there, some Purell. I can help you. Like if you need that, you feel me? Yeah, because people wanna, this is, this is totally a sidebar. People wanna be talking like, talking all that yang yang, and you're not feeling it, but you're supposed to respect their space. But then when you want to talk your stuff, they don't want it. So my thing is, you want me to stop mine, you stop yours. And then they want some of Jesus anyway. But what you fill yourself with, that's what's going to take presidents, authority, the power. So get with Jesus, bro. Win the battle. Yeah. Get with Jesus. We are designed to be governed by the Spirit of God. Romans 8 says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. I hear, um, I heard, I'm not going to speak a little bit. I spoke with somebody, and they were saying, but if you're a Christian and God forgives, can't you just keep on sinning? In other words, his grace will continue to pour out. And Romans, if you... If you are new, if you are old in Christ, it doesn't matter. The book of Romans 
is legit. It's really fire. It, it really reveals to us, gives us a grasp of who we are in Jesus. What he has done, the law, the new law, the old law, the covenant, the new covenant. It, get, it, it really breaks it down for us. Would you say that? And I'm thinking, yeah, how about Hebrew? But then how about First John? Yeah, it, like, all of it. But, but Romans is one of those things. And, it, and it's really just contrasting them, just like the scripture is contrasting the two. Of your, of your, the mind governed by the by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Now, right off the bat, we see here that one you're going to be governed by something. The the, the idea we're just going to go out and make our own decisions that have, that have no influence with of something else, it's foolish. There's nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. Everybody, so if we don't obey the word, just like if we're not governed by the word, by the spirit of God, then we're governed, governed by, by the flesh. Like, so, so yeah, so he was saying, so he's like, we can just um, continue sinning. And I'm, so right off the jump, because he's like, God, God's grace is that good. And he makes it clear, should we just keep on sinning because of his grace? No and he said, by no means. Because the blood of Christ, it reveals our new identity. Mm. It reveals who we actually are. And you, your desire to keep sinning Shows. says that you are not one with your father in heaven. You're actually one with your father, the devil. Because you cannot have the desire to continue to sin and be a, a new creature. That's what Jesus actually said. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking about. Go ahead, I don't, if I don't you continue, go ahead, Leah, read that. Okay, so the verse is Hebrews ten twenty six. It says, "For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, oh yeah, there is no." There no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversary. Well, let me just say, let me just, let me just, just say that you just spoke that scripture and that opens a whole new can that we don't really have time for. For sure. But let me tell you, that joint right there is the stuff. That's the reason why I said you cannot just say Romans because I think of yeah, yeah, yeah. Hebrews. That's the scripture I was thinking, and First John. But go ahead. So, so basically, what, I'm, what we what we what we spoke about was you were transferred, transferred. You're removed. You're taken from one spot to another. But you're saying you want to go. It's like taking you from an old burning down house into a new house. But you're saying, I desire the things in that old house. In the burning house. In the burning house. And so what is either you have not been transferred into that new house or you're trying to go back to what you once knew, which is burning down and is going to cause your destruction. Either way, to desire sin and to become a slave to sin, and not a slave to righteousness, is going to cause your destruction. Because we know in the banquet that they got kicked out for not having the clothes of righteousness. And we know that righteousness leads to holiness. And he has commanded us, be holy, for I am holy. And he gives us a garment 
of holiness, of righteousness, I mean. And that's important. That's important. That's important to know because he doesn't expect something of us that he does not provide us. And he has given us everything that we need yes. for the life of God. I can't remember the scripture, but we wrote up a scripture recently. I sent it to you guys probably in a text. Maybe? I don't know, but it said everything that we need, it is Second Peter, I believe. He has given it to us. He has provided it for us. So there's no way if we've been transferred from darkness to light that we will want to continue to obey our own nature. Look at um, Romans 6, 16. It says, do you not know that when you continually offer yourselves to someone to do his will, to do his will, you are the slaves of the one whom you obey, either slaves of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness, right standing with God. Mm. So it doesn't make it doesn't make our decision our own. It says your decision is obeying someone. That's what it says. Your your decision is going to be in obedience to what someone is saying, either the enemy or Jesus. One or the other. So how do I know if I'm making the decision that's in, in alignment with the camp of the enemy? Well, does it produce the fruit of the fruit of the spirit? Does it produce righteousness? Does it does it lead to holiness? Right or is it with God. right standing with God? Can you can you say what you have done and that will stand in the courts of heaven? Or does it lead to death? Or does it lead to death? And if it, if it doesn't, then you already know it's something that you have to repent of. It's something that you have to renounce. It's something that you have to let go. It's something that you have to turn away from. Because what our life has to be has to lead to life. Because we have to become slaves of righteousness, not slaves of sin. You're gonna obey one or the other. And uh, I just want to go back to that scripture that she said, um, and I think maybe we can um, end here. Um, Leah, can you reread? Um, for me, what was it, Hebrews 10? Yes. Okay. All right, so it's Hebrews 10, 26. Um, I'm not sure what verse it says, but it says, if we, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a, a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Yeah, and I just didn't want to throw that scripture out there. Um, yes, God um, did pour his blood um, that we can be saved to restore our right standing in our relationship with God. Um, it was not by works, but it was by faith. And we totally agree with that um, because of God's grace. Again, it was God's grace. It has nothing to do with what we did or didn't do. But the reality of it is, is that if we keep on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, the reason why there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, it's not because the sacrifice no longer works. But it's because when you continue deliberately sinning, what you're saying is, I don't want that sacrifice. It's not that it doesn't work. It's that continuing, it yes, continually, continually and deliberately sinning, you are saying with your action, 
I don't want that. All right. Because like you said, when we accept Jesus, we make the choice or we accept the choice that he did for us. When we accept it, what we're saying is, I make you Lord. I'm surrendering to you. I acknowledge that I'm a hot mess, I'm a sinner, and I'm gonna try your way. So if we continually and deliberately keep sinning, we're not really trying his way. We're continuing in our way. So it's just an important um, point, because I know sometimes you have the people that, that are the once saved, always saved, they don't want to, you know, receive that just because you were saved doesn't mean that you're automatically going to go to heaven because you can reject God. You can change your mind. We see that throughout the entire word of God. We, and that might, I think that will be a good topic too. Yes, definitely. But I think that we're going to probably um, end around here. Continue Yes, definitely. And next week, we're probably going to move to, um, and we really love you, you will keep obeying my commandments. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take that to the other side, because like I said, there's different Greek words for the word obey. Um, and this subject can pro probably go on for weeks. Actually, any other subjects that we touch can go on for weeks. But who's to say that we can't come back? All right. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Leah? Oh, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we want to thank you for all for joining in today. Thank God I follow Jesus Podcast, where we encourage, inspire, and challenge you to deepen your walk with Christ and anchor your faith in the rock, the hope of our salvation. Be sure to comment, like, subscribe, and share to a friend who may be blessed with this word. Um, and have a great day. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Yeah. Yes. Bye.